0: 2016, here we are. Where did last year go to? Any of you like me experience it going a bit fast? And yet, 2015 was one of the greatest years in the history of the Church of Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of times we're just local in our thinking and we tend to focus on problems. So many negative statements being made about the American church, often by Americans. I guess it sells books, conspiracy books, or selling like hotcakes, books writing off the whole church movement in America, only revival and whatever else could save us. There are more people worshiping Jesus in the United States than ever in our history. This is a great church. I've come here from London because I got so bonded and linked with you last time and with your pastor and I knew God was on the move here locally and globally. There are thousands, thousands upon thousands of churches like this across America, none of them perfect, quite a variety. But I can tell you God is alive and well here in the United States as much as any nation I've been in. I've only been in 100 nations, so I need to be careful and do a lot more research. But God works in different nations in different ways, in different churches in different ways. And one of the epidemics that's often going on among the Lord's people is criticism of other churches, criticism of other leaders. And I pray for 2016, including myself, this may be a year of being way more positive. We might see the problems. We might tend to criticize but should we look a little further and see what God is doing? God is always doing things in ways that we as human beings don't always understand. And so whatever I say today, I'm giving you seven words to kickstart you into 2016. they have already kickstarted me. I hope you'll write them down. If a year from now you remember any of those words, I'll send you a free film for every word you send me or a free book. Or if you're into neither one of those, I'll send you seven uh, music CDs. And if you're not into any of that, oh, well, I'll send you seven dollars. But I'd love you to, I'd love you to write these seven words down and allow them. They're all biblical principles. We're going to look at a number of scriptures. They are all words to kickstart us into this year. We don't want to miss any days. By God's grace, I didn't miss a single day last year. As far as I know, I didn't miss a single hour of serving him 365 days last year. I don't think I should do any less this year. A lot of my work is coordinating projects and raising money. And um, I just looked into the sent box on my laptop, 51,000 emails sent. I guess maybe that includes the year before. I could hardly believe it but it's because there's so many needs, so many open doors, so many challenges. And amazing, the older you get, and I just became, I got two great-grandkids in one week. I mean, this is bizarre. One Swiss and one American. And, uh, you know, I studied at Moody Bible Institute. I, I never had any courses on on how to be a great-grandfather. Just to, I know that grandkids is God's prize to me for not killing <laughs> off my own kids, but I don't know how to handle the uh, great-grandkid thing. Because it's Christmas, we want to give everybody a Christmas gift. Whether you like it or not, please learn how to receive just to be polite. Americans, by the way, are known for being rude. I'm sure Texas is excluded. But uh, do receive our gift at the one special table uh, in which all the books are just a gift. There's another table of books for donations. This is one of the ones we've just put on the gift table. Uh, table, the most significant book in my life in the last 10 years, changed my life, changed the course of Operation Mobilization, the movement I'm part of. Just look at the, uh, it's all about women. It's all about what women are suffering and what women are doing. Just look at the chapter titles, Disabled Women, Child Labor, Domestic Violence. You should read the facts about domestic violence in the United States and the number of murders in the United States connected with domestic violence. Unbelievable facts in this book. Female infanticide, girl soldiers, honor killings, uh, child marriage, and religious slaves. A whole thing of sex trafficking. Some of you know OM helped birth a whole separate movement, the Freedom Climb, and if any of you are interested in more information about the whole global sex traffic challenge. Do contact us. One of our key reps is here, Ken Camp. He'll be back at the table and especially pick up uh, this book as a gift uh, from us. My new book is there. We only have a few copies come over from England. The American edition is, doesn't come out till April, but it's called More Drops. It's about mystery, mercy, and messiology. We put a lot of Randy Alcorn's book like Purity Principle, Why Pro-Life, They're now on the free table. My book about missions and grace, leadership, uh, out of the comfort zone, I think they have some left. So, take a look at the book table, especially this amazing book called Calvary Road, a Christian classic, came out of the East African revival back in the 50s and 60s, and a million copies have transformed lives across the world. Of course, the main book we're here talking about is God's Word. And I'm here, and I'm into missions, even though in my first year at university, I almost lost my faith completely through unbelieving teachers. and wondered whether the Bible was the Word of God, the commands, the challenges, they just seemed so so huge. How, how could anyone live this way? Verses like, except you forsake all, you can't be my disciple. Teaching of Jesus, if any man come after me, let him deny self, take up the cross and follow me. And then verses like, When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then verses like, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the words of Jesus. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And as I wrestled through this, I thought, if I believe this, then then my whole life, my whole life, my money, everything needs to go in the direction of reaching people with the gospel and everyone should hear, of course, at least once, Hudson Taylor said, if hearing the gospel once is not enough, what, what should we say of never hearing it at all? And one thing we should, we should be ashamed of in a, in a godly way is that one-third of the world has still not even heard the gospel once. In many countries, people hear the gospel 20, 30, 40 times, including here in the United States. There are exceptions here, too, you can be sure. But because of population explosion, restricted access nations, and just massive population, like the number one nation in my life, the land of India, hundreds of millions have not yet heard the gospel. Would you join with us in 2016 to change that situation? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 1, for sort of our key passage as we consider serving him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength in 2016. While we give thanks for his mercy and his grace and phenomenal answers to prayer this past year. The book of James, chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what What it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror after looking at himself, goes away, immediately forgets what he looks like. Wow. Is it possible to to be even in a, a great Bible teaching church and be deceived? Yes. If we're hearing messages, singing messages, and we're not living that out in our lives, then there is a level of deception. This is one of the strongest verses in the Bible. And I believe it's a great verse to take as a verse for this year, 2016. They deceive themselves. Their religion is worthless. Wow. Turn back just a page or two to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter... 12. To me, this is, uh, this is the beginning of another marathon. I always think of every year as a marathon. Every day, I get up and get in the race. I took 275 meetings last year, spoke to thousands upon thousands of people and prayed with them personally. I guess maybe over 100 and some flights to different nations around the world. And it was a marathon. And I do get weary, and again and again I'm reminded of those words. If any of you are weary, grab onto this verse. Be not weary, and well-doing ye shall reap if ye faint not. And so in my life I often read at the beginning of the year and throughout the year Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders I feel that's so strong and it impacted me shortly after my conversion because it, it tells us to lay aside not just clear-cut black and white sin, but anything that hinders us in our walk with the Lord Jesus. Would you be willing in the beginning of this year to search your own heart? Are the things that are hindering you? What about in your marriage? Is there something in your marriage that's hindering? I can assure you there's something in my marriage that's hindering my lack of patience, my difficulty in listening, and the fact that my wife and I, we came in from two different planets. We finally discovered it when we read the book, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. But we're both comati- fanatically committed to Jesus in global missions, and in a few weeks, we celebrate 56 great years of commitment to him and one another. And one of the reasons is this passage of Scripture and both of us from even before the marriage being completely committed to the lordship of Christ and to the word of God. And it's been an amazing pilgrimage. First Mexico, then Spain, then Holland, then England, then Italy, then France, then India, then Nepal, then Bangkok. You'll see it most of it in this new film of my life. Please pray as it soon goes on Dutch television and other television around the world. The film is especially geared to young people because many of those young people now, I'll never as an old, we call guys like me, old codgers in London, uh, get to speak to them personally. Laying aside anything that hinders and so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. That's one of our key words as I share seven words. That's one of them. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, which is going to lead me into my first word. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you'll not grow weary and lose heart. Here are my seven words Speaking in this church, three services is also like a mini marathon, so forgive me if I'm going too fast. But my first word is the word focus. I want to encourage you to be focused in 2016, to be aware of getting involved in too widely in too many different things, and to be focused, and to seek the Lord, maybe even write down some goals and aims for 2016 things that you want to accomplish this year, one of them on everybody's list, should be to show the love of Jesus to the immigrant community, whether they're legal or illegal, the immigrant community that is flooding our cities and every major city in the entire world. The world has completely changed in 20 years. Global missions has changed. In missions today, people are going from everywhere to everywhere. The leader of our work in Greece, and you're about to send a team to work with us in Greece in our relief work uh, among the refugees, our leader there is from Papua New Guinea. He married a Greek girl. OM means Operation Marriage. No, not really, but that's what seems to have happened as uh, a couple thousand people have met life's partners serving on our ship or serving on Operation Mobilization. And every one of you, especially who are under 25, If you possibly can, think about spending a year on our ship, Lagos Hope. It's in Africa right now. It's a greater educational experience than anything they can offer at the best university in this country. Seven, eight different nations in one year, living in a community of almost 400 people on a ship, and seeing sometimes 25,000 visitors come up the gangway, many of them wanting to meet you. Well. There's not time to talk about that. But I think the number one focus that I'd urge you to have in 2016 is to focus, just like that scripture says, to focus on the Lord Jesus. To focus on the Lord Jesus. People are getting so caught up in this political thing. There's a place for that. And we need wisdom from above. But as God's people, we are different. Our focus is the kingdom. There is no such thing. There's no biblical teaching whatsoever that there's such a thing as a Christian nation. There are nations that have Christian values. There are nations that, of course, don't have many Christian values. But God's work is not the White House. That's in the equation. God's work is his house. And lukewarmness in the body of Christ is a greater problem than even some of the political nonsense that we have to read about week after week. May we. Determine in our hearts, 2016, we're going to be on fire for Jesus. The prayer life, the sharing of our faith, the willingness to quickly repent, to apologize to people, to humble ourselves, to to allow the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, to be flowing from our lives from the moment we get up in the morning. In my life, it takes usually a cup of tea. But from the moment we get up in the morning until we reach the race at the end of that day. My second word I leave with you is the word grace. But I have to add a stronger uh, word to it and call it radical grace. I've just watched the film, uh, The Heart of the Sea, the true story of the ship Essex that around 1820 the day when whale oil was everything. There was no other kind of oil. Our homes were lit by whale oil, launched out, and was eventually flipped and destroyed by a a whale, which was denied by the companies, denied by the insurance companies. This is the incredible story that led to the book, Moby Dick, that many of us had to read in high school. At the end of the film, the message of radical grace and radical forgiveness came through. As this woman forgave her husband, of an atrocity worse than murder, worse than sexual sin, she forgave him. And I believe this is lacking in the body of Christ in the United States today. Radical forgiveness to forgive people. That doesn't mean you can always work together. It doesn't mean you're always going to feel good about something. No matter how filled we are with the Holy Spirit, we're incredibly human with all the complexity of that. But we take a stand. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Tied in, of course, with the first command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's not possible. Within ourselves, the the challenge is too great. But with the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit, who doesn't force us, no matter how filled we are with the Holy Spirit, Many of the most stupid things I've seen these 60 years are by spirit-filled men. They seem to almost specialize in stupidity. Because no matter how filled you are with the Spirit, you're incredibly human. You still, as Jesus taught, have to deny self, take up the cross every day, and follow him. That sort of activates the Holy Spirit by faith, and the reality flows out. Would you make 2016 a year of radical grace Radical forgiveness I wonder if there's a wife here, if you're honest, you're still holding something against your husband. Maybe he wasn't faithful. Maybe he did something stupid. How my heart breaks over wives that ditched their husbands because they found out he was in pornography. We need to live in a real world. There are hardly any men that are not struggling with pornography, and women keep to coming to me and saying, "Don't forget us. Many women are in pornography as well. We're all in a pilgrimage. That particular struggle, with the new day of promiscuity, with the kind of phones we have and laptops, will have an increased level. There is victory. I've experienced victory in that area, not perfection, and I started into pornography when I was only 16 years of age before my conversion. Just as the men, and we have a book on the subject of moral purity by Alcorn on our table, need to be strong and ruthless in battling that, working and gaining the victory, the women need to be radical in their love in their forgiveness in trying to help and going the extra mile. We cannot afford more Christian homes broken in pieces because of pornography or because of the lack of radical radical grace. Take that. Take that concept as a big challenge for 2016. And then my third word, it's really uh, sort of a dull word when you say it, but it's it speaks to me. Problems. I estimate there's going to be more problems this year. I estimate even in my own family. Three kids, five grandkids, two great-grandkids. We're getting older. Problems. But I learned as a young Christian, eat problems for breakfast, problems for lunch, problems for supper. And you'll go a long way. Life is problems. Every day. It might be a car problem. It may be a dog problem. My daughter's two dogs just attacked a, fo- a fox in her back garden. This is in England. She's on the phone crying, screaming, <laughs> because it looked like the dogs were going to pull the fox in, in it was quite different in my day when I was trying to raise money to go to Mexico. A fox tried to cross the road in front of me. I stepped on the gas, killed it, and collected the bounty. But it doesn't work that way in present-day modern England. I'd encourage you to realize you can't live on this planet without problems. I don't know about other planets. They are arranging space trips to other planets and to the space station. Maybe you should check into that. But if you're going to stay here, it's going to be problems. Embrace them. Learn to use them as training tools. Don't let them derail you. Don't let them push you into some bad habit. Of course, a greater level of problems is suffering. Some problems I don't think we can classify in a major way as suffering, but then there is this whole area of suffering. There's not time to say much about it, but read the first chapter of James 1. Read the first chapter of 1 Peter. The Bible is all about suffering. The idea that Christians aren't going to suffer is one of the most unbelievably stupid concepts that some churches have ever, ever spread, and no wonder So many of the leaders in those churches have been wiped out, especially through adultery and every kind of mess that you can imagine. We need to be real. Sometimes non-Christians are more real than Christians in dealing with suffering and, and bigger problems and all that we're going to face in society. There's way too many prophets of doom in the United States right now. I had to listen to them 60 years ago. They were saying the same thing. Then 50 years ago, if what they said even in some Christian books 50 years ago were true, we wouldn't even be here now. Everything would be all over. So beware of these prophets of doom. I know it sells a lot of books. These are tremendous days in planet Earth. This is the biggest harvest of people to Christ the world has ever known. The church in America is more loyal, has more people loyal to the scriptures than any time in history. Yes, lots of messes, lots of confusion. That's always been there. I urge of you, take on that challenge. And then the fourth word is messiology. I shared that with you the last time I was here It's in my book, Out of the Comfort Zone, my new book, the American edition, will actually be called Messiology. You say, some of you are visitors, what in the world is that? Well, I invented the word myself, so you obviously haven't heard it. It's not missiology. Missiology is theology of missions. Messiology. It's built on my George Farmer proverb, which has gone all over the world. I can't get it into the book of Proverbs, which I try to read every day. I don't know how to apply, but here it is, where two or three of the Lord's people are gathered together. Sooner or later, there's a mess. How many of you have ever experienced a mess among the Lord's people? Maybe a few. Yeah, a few hundreds. That's that's negative. And as a director of OM for 46 years, every single day I was committed to excellency. Every single day I was trying to avoid messes. And praise God, we were able to avoid a lot of them. And the testimony of OM, which will soon be 60 years, is an amazing testimony of God working. And 200,000 have served with OM. In India alone, 3,000 churches trace their roots back to these ragamuffins from Cambridge and Oxford University that drove across the whole of Asia to India to evangelize and birth that movement. That's 3,000 strong today. Messiology is the other side of the coin, When things do go wrong, and we had that many times, even losing our first ship after many years of service and having people wiped out, four at one shot on a road in Yugoslavia, having a girl gunned down in the streets of Kabul, another girl gunned down, shot dead in a clinic in Lebanon. Billy Graham said, my spiritual father, life at its best is filled with sadness. But as God's people, we can absorb even that into our humanness and worship him in the midst of it. Messiology, for me, is a different view of God. And my most radical book is my new book, More Drops. It's stirring a lot of controversy and a lot of talk because I'm challenging the way people think about God and how God works in different churches and denominations, 40,000 of them, by the way. And I'd encourage you. To read it. I don't have enough to give it away free. And then my fifth word for 2016, probably not your favorite word. For some of you, it is. But maybe you older ones don't like this word, huh? Change. We need to keep changing. Some of the biggest changes in my life, I was already past 65 years of age. People say, "Well, you can't teach old dogs new tricks." We are not dogs. We are human beings created in the image of God, and we can change. That's why this book, True Grit, made such a huge influence on me, because when I read it, I was willing to change the way I use my time, the way I use my money. Anybody who knows my preach ministry in the last ten years, it's changed from the earlier years. Never denying the early core values this movement always stood for. And I believe as you read that book, you'll be willing to change. But what about some other basic areas for change? What about husbands? Loving your wife more in 2016. Hello? I've been interviewing husbands for 16 years. I mean, 60 years. It's one of my passions. I I love people. I'm very involved with people. I've just been ministering and visiting prisons. I have many people who have major mental mental difficulties. I'm a people person. And the bottom line, and I hope I don't offend you in some other things I say, but my bottom line, I can tell you from my heart why I'm here. I want to just see you going on for Jesus. My main thing isn't even global missions that people, many churches won't have me or allow me in because i got the global missions label. My, my passion is just to see people going on for Jesus. Life is a lot tougher than we thought when we learned these simple truths in Bible school. And I long for people to bounce back and keep running the race and stay motivated and stay positive and accomplish God's purposes, even if it seems to be in such a very, very, small way. God's grace in the midst of the battle. God's grace in the midst of all kinds of new challenges that are going to come to us. I believe it's important to work hard in our marriages. Many of you are single. Some of you are single parents. I honor you as much as anybody else. Email me your story. I'll personally pray for you. But if you're married, I want to encourage you in 2016 to improve your sexual relation together. I'm stunned that in some Christian marriages, uh, the sexual side is considered unspiritual. I interviewed someone. She, she felt she had to backslide and get away from Jesus in order to have sex with her husband. What kind of bizarre thinking is flowing around in the area of sex? Often, men and women are very different. We need to talk it out, and one of the reasons I'm here These 56 years later, totally faithful to one woman and one wife, is both of us who really weren't doing that well in our marriage. We worked at it. We prayed at it. We read a few books. We got some help, and God gave us the grace to run the long-distance race. Over 500 verses in the Bible about sex, and yet we hardly talk about it. Many men are being ripped apart by lust and living a double life, and they're frightened to talk talk to anybody, especially their own wife. So let's pray for change, not just in the bigger areas, as we read in books like True Grit, but right down in our own homes, even our attitude toward our own children. And I beg of you, beware of impatience toward your own children. One word out of your mouth can wound a child that they'll feel for many, many years. For every correction, give at least nine affirmations to your children, because so children, so easily they put themselves down, or they feel hurt, or they feel inferior. I found raising three children and being a godly father a tougher challenge than leading Operation Mobilization for 46 years. Somehow, I found that balance, and I'm still working on it. And then my fifth, my sixth word is the word proactive. And I just, of course, love that word. Perseverance is the old word because it means we see the problems, we see the difficulties, we might even be frightened but somehow we go for it anyway. So I'm asking you, will you be proactive in 2016? Don't get off the train when it's in the tunnel. You might go through a dark period. Your marriage may go through a great difficulty. Don't get off the train. Get some counsel. Press on. Take a bit of a break. And realize so often God works in the midst of the mess. So, God, so often God works in the midst of our struggles and uses all kinds of people when you see my film, if you're able to see it, you'll see the story of a struggling, needy, vulnerable character, George Verwer, who somehow the Lord was able to use. Perseverance. And my final word is mission. Well, you knew that had to come with my global jacket on. Wow, you should see my global underwear and this <laughs> tremendous globe of the world. And I just celebrate what you're doing in mission. You don't really need to hear more and more from me. You've got the vision. But let's remember, mission starts the moment we walk out this door. In fact, everyone here this morning is either a missionary or a mission field. And if you don't know Jesus, you're a mission field, and we wish we had more time with you to share the gospel and how you could come to Jesus even before you walk out the door of this church. Even during this communion service, as often people are saved, non-Christians are saved at communion services. Yes, There's my seven words for 2016 so you can imagine why I'm excited. I'm excited. Not always in myself because I ran out of gas a long time ago, but I know where the free refills are. God bless you. Hallelujah.